you know, we'll be coaching on something and I'm oftentimes reminding them like, this is not just a you thing. Like, this is not just a thought that you have or belief that you have. Like, this is one that many of us have. And I think it takes that layer off of like, I'm the only one that's experiencing this, or this is, this only is happening to me. And it's like, no, Mm-hmm. many of us have this belief. Many of us have, have this thought and it's okay. It's completely normal and it's not a problem. Welcome to Openly Spoken, the podcast to help you show up, speak out and be seen. I'm your host, Celia Antonio, women's empowerment mentor, mindfulness expert, and quantum self-love coach. Every week, you'll hear real and unfiltered stories from me and my guests covering topics around spirituality, self-expression, womanhood, healing, love, relationships, and more. My intention with this podcast is to help sensitive, spiritual, ambitious women fully step into their potential so that you can live a life you love with every cell and every fiber of your being. And I get that it's not easy to fit into a box. So I bring in a variety of topics to feed your multifaceted self. You can find me over on Instagram at selfexpressbabe and info on where to find my guests are always going to be in the show notes below. I am so grateful that you're here and I invite you to now set an intention, sit back, relax, and receive what is coming through to you on your headphones right now. Take what resonates, leave out what doesn't, and give yourself time to reflect. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's dive in. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to offer a gift to you. And I've created this gift because in 2020, I was in a space that you might be in right now. I was doing a lot. I had a full schedule, full life, doing what I loved, but without any space to breathe. I was living in my head most of the time, and I wasn't really aware of how disconnected I was from my body, even though I was a yoga teacher. And little did I know. My curiosity to answer this one question changed so much to me. The question was, what is divine feminine energy? I had no idea that following that curiosity would lead to basically a spiritual awakening. And so I've taken those codes and I've broken it down into seven days and we're going to have space in between to integrate. Integration has been a big topic in discussions lately with clients, with friends of like really needing that space to allow things to like settle instead of consuming more and more. And in this little portal, in this free experience, we will have guided practices. We'll come together on group calls. We will also have women's circles that will be unrecorded so that it can be a safe space to open up, to get vulnerable, and whatever happens on the call stays on the call. It's kind of like Las Vegas. (laughs) So this event, it's a free event. It's called Embodied Woman. It's happening October 3rd to October 14th. We will be moving through breath, body, mind, spirit, soul, all the things, body-based practices. There's a link in the show notes below for you to find out more and to save your spot. Now let's dive in to this week's episode. (music) 
Awesome. So thank you so much for being here, Lauren. Let's first do a little intro about you. So Lauren Tamayo, let me start over. Lauren Tamayo. No, Tamayo. <laughs> Tamayo. <laughs> Lauren Tamayo is a business mindset coach. And she helps coaches finally get their coaching business off the ground and sign their first or next paying client. And Lauren and I met on Instagram, actually in the stories when I was kind of exploring how to make croissants (laughs) (laughs) and we kind of like connected there and like swapped some recipes. And then we had a little coffee chat where we also ended up talking about food. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm excited to have you here. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I just remember when we did connect over the croissants because I always tell my partner the next time we go back to Paris, uh-huh. I want to take a I want to take a croissant making class. Like that is literally the one thing that I'm like. Next time we go to Paris, I'm taking a croissant making class. And so when I saw you making croissants, I was like, Oh my gosh, I have to get the <laughs> recipe. I want to do this. <laughs> the recipe is honestly still a work in progress. Like. The first time I made croissants, I think it would have turned out perfectly if I didn't cut them so small. So they ended up being like Mm -hmm. little mini ones. They were still delicious, but yeah, it's, it definitely takes practice. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. So let's start out by introducing more about you by maybe like sharing a pivotal moment in your life that led to you now becoming a mindset coach. Yeah. So before I started my coaching business, I worked as an international model. So I started modeling. I actually signed my first contract when I was 14. I still had braces (laughs) and the agency that I signed with back in Seattle, where I'm from, they knew that they really wanted to, to develop me and everything. And, you know, I was going to, in the next couple of years, start taking international, you know, trips abroad and living and working over there. And that really excited me. And My first trip was to Singapore when I was 17 and I did that for the next couple of years. I was going back and forth between Southeast Asia from Singapore to Shanghai, to the Philippines, Thailand, Hong Kong, while also traveling back home to the States to finish up high school. And then Mm. I was in college for a while. Um, So I did that for a couple of years and then I guess it was the time that I was living in Hong Kong. I was back studying. So I was in pursuit of my bachelor's degree and I decided to transfer my degree to be online so I could stay in Hong Kong. I Mm -hmm. intentionally missed my flight back home to Seattle (laughs) so I could stay there. And it was at that time that I was finishing up my degree. And I guess I was kind of deciding, you know, what I wanted to do next, I knew that modeling was never going to be a forever thing for me. I really loved it for the part of traveling and living abroad. And so I knew that I didn't want to go back home. I didn't want to live in Seattle. I didn't even really want to live in the States. And Mm. so I decided to book a one-way ticket to Bali (laughs) and I traveled over to Bali and I knew that I wanted to start working online. I, I started getting a couple of, you know, hints of that there was this life of, you know, working online and traveling the world. And I was just instantly hooked. And so I traveled over to Bali and started working online. And at the time I didn't even know the coaching industry 
existed. I just knew that people were working online and I thought that was the coolest thing ever. So Mm -hmm. I started designing websites and doing virtual assistants. And it wasn't until I then got to Australia that I discovered the coaching industry. And it was in that moment that I just, I just knew that that was the thing that I was meant to do for the rest of my life. And so I pivoted and started my coaching business. That's awesome. (laughs) I also noticed today I was going through your Instagram and I noticed that one of the things that made you realize that working online was even a thing was by discovering a bucket list bombshells. Yes. Which I thought was interesting because that's how I got my start. Um, during, yeah, during the pandemic, like while being in lockdown, one of their ads were on Facebook and I fell for it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was actually, I, I literally remember sitting in my apartment to this day. I I literally Mm -hmm. remember the apartment. I remember sitting in my room and just scrolling through and, and finding one of their ads as well. And, you know, I just deep dove into all of their posts and, you know, blog posts and just everything. And I was like, Oh Mm -hmm. my gosh, Mm -hmm. people are doing this. Like this is possible. (laughs) And that's what actually inspired me to book a one-way ticket to Bali. Cause I think they spent a lot of time there and I was like, yeah, Bali, Bali just sounds like the most magical place. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) And was like what you learned in college, did that help kind of like get you started? What was it that you were studying? To be honest, college was always kind of just the thing that, you know, my parents really wanted me to to do was of course, like go to college, get a, get your Mm -hmm. bachelor's degree. But I really struggled to find something that I wanted to study. There was nothing really that Mm. interest me. My brother got a degree in engineering. Like he always knew that he wanted to be an engineer. For me, Mm -hmm. it was, what is the quickest and easiest degree that I can get so I can get out of here (laughs) and get back traveling and living abroad? So I did communications at first. It was going to be PR and journalism. I thought I wanted to be a news reporter. And -hmm. then I realized that they have to wake up very early. And I was like, that's not me. (laughs) Oh, they do. I didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, that's no. (laughs) Yeah. So I eventually did communications. Um, and then I did international relations as well. Okay. I'm sure that also helps with like creating your stuff for Instagram and all of that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Definitely transfers. So then when you first, when you first started, you first started doing websites, you said, right? Mm-hmm. What were the yeah. first moments that came up for you where it was like, this isn't working? <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess it was the moment that I realized that I was spending a whole lot of time doing something that I knew how to do. I, I designed beautiful websites. I even still mm-hmm. looked at like one website that I designed for a client who's here in Australia, like about three years ago now, and their website is still up. And like, that just brings me so much joy to see that it's still <laughs> there and they, they still use it. But I guess it was that moment that I just realized that I was just spending so much of my time doing something that I was good at, but I didn't fully love. And mm. I guess it was in that moment too, that I in, in kind of the same way with modeling, it was kind of the realization that this was not something that I wanted to do for forever. It was not a forever thing. 
And so what kind of then led me into coaching was I saw someone who was just starting their coaching business posted that they were looking for free clients, like test clients. Mm, and okay. I was like, okay, let's, let's do it. I don't, I don't know what coaching is, but I could, I could use help with all the things that she listed out. And so it was actually then on our call, like on a zoom call that I realized as she was coaching me that I realized I should be on the other screen. I was like, mm. I think I'm meant to be a coach. Like what she's doing here, like I think I can do this. And that was the moment that I decided, you know, I wanted to continue looking into coaching and a couple of weeks later I started my coaching business. <laughs> mm-hmm. And did you focus on the mindset piece right away? I actually didn't. Um looking back, I I was very system I was, I'm very system oriented. Like I'm, I'm a very process kind of person. And so I remember in the beginning of my coaching business, it was actually helping other female entrepreneurs and service-based entrepreneurs start their coaching business. But I was more focused on, you know, let's set up the systems and the processes in your business through, you know, Asana and all of these platforms And then I kind of realized that it wasn't really so much that they needed the systems and the processes. It was that, you know, we were coaching on mindset and what was really making the biggest difference was their mindset. It's, it's interesting how like the systems and strategy is definitely pushed on new entrepreneurs and entrepreneurship from like, from my experience is definitely Mm -hmm. an inner journey. So like the mindset and the spirituality and all of that, those are the investments that I think are often looked at. Like when that pops up, people are like, I'm not going to, that doesn't sound like a good investment, but those are the investments that keep on giving, like investing in how you feel, investing in how you think. So I love that you pivoted over to that. Yeah. And I think a lot of times too, when it comes to mindset, it's, you're creating a lot of intangible results. Like you feel it Mm. inside when you work on your mindset or you just choose to focus on, you know, your inner world. But a lot of times I think we're pushed the tangible results. And even now, you know, I sell tangible results to my clients, like them wanting Mm -hmm. to sign their first or the next paying client. Mm -hmm. But my clients know that I focus on mindset and that's why they come to me is because they do want to focus on their mindset. But you know, I think a lot of times when we choose to focus on our our mindset or people don't even realize that, you know, mindset is such a big aspect of having a business, having a coaching business is your mindset and how you think about, you know, not only yourself as a coach or just as an entrepreneur, but also what you have to offer and your clients as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And with mindset too, like, Okay. I want to share an opinion that you might disagree with. And it's like an unpopular opinion of mine. So I get a little annoyed when I see online that mindset is everything. I'm not saying mindset is not important, but I really think that mindset is like a layer on top of what actually is everything, which is our energy. And the reason why I bring this up is because like in my own journey, Mindset is something that I started a while ago with confidence because I had this job once where in my exit interview, 
when it was a startup company and when they had to close in my exit interview, when I asked my boss what I can improve on, he told me confidence. So I started with like confidence affirmations on YouTube and like looking up (laughs) mindset stuff for confidence on YouTube. And I did the mindset work for years, but it wasn't until I started accessing my body that all of that mindset work that kind of, it was kind of like, if, if you want like a visual for anyone that's listening, like all these like affirmations are floating around. And then once I did started doing like embodiment work, those affirmations like really sunk in deep and like my body believed them. So basically Mm. I noticed I was at a point where like my mind believed I was ready for success and ready to be seen and all this stuff, but my body was still like stuck in the past. (laughs) So I'd, I'd love to know your thoughts about that, especially since, um, I noticed your container is called, is it the embodied coach? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd I'd love to know what you think. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's really interesting. You know, this, the topic of affirmations, I love affirmations, but I think it's also, and it's really interesting when my clients come to me and they say, you know, I'm, I'm practicing this affirmation. And then they say that it's not really working. And I ask them, do you believe this? And they're like, well, I want to believe this. And I'm like, well, (laughs) you have to, (laughs) you have to, you have to believe it, right? Like you can't just pick some affirmation wanting to believe that of course you're going to get there. But one of the things that I work on with my clients is choosing conscious, logical thoughts that you can get behind that you can believe. Mm. So maybe you can't fully believe that I'm ready for success, but you can consciously logically believe that, you know, you can do this or I'm ready to get started right now or whatever it is. Right. Like, I think finding the conscious logical thoughts are so much more transformational and, and powerful than trying to believe something that you don't fully believe. Mm -hmm. And how does someone find those conscious, logical thoughts? Yeah. So I think it takes, it takes practice to take time to just sit with yourself and Mm -hmm. to find those, to find those thoughts. I think, you know, being in stillness, being in quiet can help open that up, Mm -hmm. having conversations, whether that's with, you know, a coach or whether that's with, you know, a friend or someone else where you're able to kind of like speak about things and and kind of unlock those things for you, Mm -hmm. or whether that's like in meditation or journaling. I think those are also, you know, great opportunities where you're able to kind of unlock those things for you and, and figure out what's actually you know, what you can actually fully get behind and believe. Mm -hmm. It seems like awareness is like the biggest key self-awareness. Absolutely. Of like connecting with that inner truth. Mm. Yeah. And then the other thing, you know, with my clients, my clients know that I do a lot of thought work with my clients when it comes to mindset, we do a lot of thought work, Mm -hmm. but a lot of times we also focus on, and I think what's, what I'm realizing in the past couple of months with, you know, coaching my clients is yes, thought work is, you know, so powerful, but a lot of times how I access that and and coach on that with my clients is through how they are feeling. Like we go Mm. to how they are feeling first, and then we start to do the thought work. Cause a lot of times 
you know, I feel like we can access how we are feeling and then we can kind of open up to the thoughts that we're having. So, you know, mm-hmm. if my client comes to me and, you know, they're feeling overwhelmed, we'll start there and then we'll, you know, build on, okay, well, what's causing you to feel overwhelmed and then, you know, diving into the thought work versus like, what's, what's the thought that you're having that's creating the result that you have. I think mm-hmm. a lot of times that's when it's kind of like, I don't know what thoughts I'm having. I just know I feel overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah. Or can it sometimes be like the opposite way where like a client will know what they're thinking, but if you ask them how you're feeling, they'll be like, "Uh, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. A hundred percent. Like they know the thought and I even experienced this too. It's like, I Mm -hmm. am very self-aware, I'm very (laughs) self-aware where it's like, I know the thought that I'm having, but to kind of like pinpoint the feeling, I sometimes have to really sit with myself and, and really think about how I'm feeling. And I think it's interesting too. I've been moving away from, you know, just labeling the emotion as, you know, I'm feeling, I'm feeling overwhelmed or I'm feeling happy. And I really try to dig into what is the feeling that I'm feeling versus mm-hmm. like picking the, the first thing that comes to mind. I really sit with like, what is actually the feeling that I'm, that I'm experiencing right now. Mm-hmm. For me too, what's helped with that is like, uh, tuning into like, how the feeling feels instead of kind of trying to label it with a word. Mm. Like for example, if I'm feeling stressed, like it'll be like, I feel this maybe like tingling sensation at my heart center and it, and it feels like it feels like jello or it feels prickly and just getting very specific of what it feels like and tapping into that feeling state. I feel like that level of awareness kind of makes that feeling go away because you're acknowledging it instead of being like, I don't want to feel this and like bottling (laughs) it up or something. Yeah. One of the other practices I, I, you know, share with my clients is when they're learning how to become more self-aware is simply noticing how they are feeling or noticing their thoughts. And so when they do this, it's like, I'm noticing that I'm feeling overwhelmed versus saying like, I am overwhelmed. Mm, When you say I am overwhelmed, it's like, you're assuming the identity and you're taking on, I am overwhelmed versus Mm -hmm. I'm noticing myself feeling overwhelmed. You kind of separate yourself from the feeling and you can be an observer and witness. I'm, I'm feeling overwhelmed right now and that's okay. Or even I'm noticing I'm having a thought that nothing is working instead of you know, thinking the thought, nothing is working and, and believing that to be true. It's I'm noticing I'm having the thought, nothing is working. Okay. But is that really true? Right. You're like inviting that curiosity in as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting how that kind of, this kind of work of the awareness you're going deeper within and noticing what's within you. But then, like you said, you also want to have that like bird's eye view, that more objective view and separating yourself from the feeling instead of like identifying with it. And that really allows you to like see the facts (laughs) instead of like getting caught in stories and all of that stuff. So yeah, Yeah. very, very powerful stuff. Yeah. And so many, so many times I have to ask my clients, like, you know, they're telling me all these things about things that have been happening in the last week or so. And I'm like, okay, well, what are the facts here? 
right? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times we, we think that the thoughts that we're having, things that are happening are fact. And it's like, well, what are actually the facts? And what are your thoughts about these facts? <laughs> <laughs> and that's when, that's where we, you know, mm, we yeah. dig in and we do the coaching. It's on the thoughts that they're having about the circumstances that are facts, not what are, what are the thoughts like coaching on their thoughts about, or the circumstance that they think is a fact. Mm-hmm. That makes sense yeah. because then that digs into like what they're making the situation mean. Exactly. And that's like our meanings. That's where beliefs come from. Yeah, exactly. I'd love to know what you think about like, how do I word this? So with me, with my belief work and with other people as well, I've noticed that you can kind of dig into a belief deeper and deeper, and you can kind of get to really, they're like beliefs that most people will have like core wounds. Like for example, I'm not enough or Mm -hmm. I'm not worthy. Those, those seem to be very like common that like we all share those. Like if you keep digging deeper, digging deeper, you can get to like that feeling. What are Mm -hmm. some of the common ones that you work with and that like have came up for you personally and also for your clients? Yeah. The first one that comes to mind is I have to work hard to be Mm -hmm. successful. Oh my gosh. That is probably like the biggest one that not only I've experienced and I've done a lot of self-coaching on and got coaching on myself, Mm -hmm. but it's one of the ones that many of my clients bring to me as well is it's I have to work hard to be successful or I have to work hard to make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways that, you know, we coach on this or any other thought like, or, or belief of, you know, I'm not good enough is then digging into, you know, why, why, why do you, why do you mm. believe that? Yeah. And that's where we're really able to like dig into the belief is, you know, what are your reasons? Mm-hmm. When, when did you when did you start believing that? And mm-hmm. that's where we're really able to see, okay, there's what's underneath and there's where we coach on. Mm-hmm. It's interesting too, how even, even that belief that you mentioned that you have to work hard also goes back to, I'm not enough or I'm unworthy. Yeah. Like if you really dig yeah. deep at it, like it's such a common thing mm. that so many of us have. Yep. And like and we put these also- layers on top of it. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's also, you know, one of the things I'm always reminding my clients is like, it's okay that Mm, you don't feel good enough. Like it's okay that you have the thought or the belief that you have to work really hard to be successful. Like that's not a problem. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Mm -hmm. And just reminding ourselves that, and I'm always reminding my clients too. It's like, you know, we'll be coaching on something and I'm oftentimes reminding them like, this is not just a you thing. Like, this is not just a thought that you have or belief that you have, like, this is one that many of us have. And I think it takes that layer off of like, I'm the only one that's experiencing this, or this is, this only is happening to me. And it's like, no, Mm -hmm. many of us have this belief. Many of us have, have this thought and it's okay. It's completely normal and it's not a problem. Yeah. So true. That's Mm -hmm. why there's so much power in like being vulnerable and sharing those things. Because immediately right away, it's like the other person will mirror back to you like, oh, I feel that way too. Or Mm -hmm. if it's something that you end up like sharing about on Instagram or something, you'll probably get a comment where 
someone can relate to you and just that knowingness of like so many other people feel like this. All right. Nothing's wrong with me. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And I feel like that's so huge, especially when someone is new in the business world or new in the coaching world, because it's such a big feat in front of them, this like huge goal in front of them and social media in general, like especially Instagram shows like the Mm -hmm. highlight reel and all the like good parts of it. And that's, that's exactly why I started this podcast to talk more about those messy phases. Yeah. So I would love to know too. um, I haven't asked this question in a while. I would love to know what your first like sales call or coaching call was like. Oh man, (laughs) my first. So when I launched my coaching business, I signed my first paying client within four days and I know, (laughs) but I also will share like a messy middle to this story. So I first started my coaching business and I signed my first client within four days. The client that I then worked with, she knew one of the like test clients or like free clients that I was coaching, Mm -hmm. who was actually my, um, accountability buddy at the time. And so she booked a call and the call went good. (laughs) She signed up and we coached together and it was great. And I signed my next client, like a couple of weeks or months later, but then I went nine months without any calls and I didn't sign any clients and I was still showing up. I was still making offers, but I had no calls and, and signed no clients. And I tell this story because I think, you know, we forget that everybody's coaching, everybody's journey in their business looks different. You know, I signed my first client within four days. That was amazing. But then I also went nine months shortly after that without, you know, even booking a call or signing, signing a client. And one of my clients now she's had a similar experience and I shared this story with her and she was like, Oh, like, this is normal. I'm like, yes, this is normal. <laughs> like, it's okay. It's not a problem. Nothing has gone wrong. <laughs> what do you think was like the major factor in getting that client within those first four days? I think what helped me get that client so quickly was the way in which I showed up and I coached the clients that I was coaching for free. I mm-hmm. was, I, I just over-delivered to them. I just went above and beyond to help them, even just coaching them for free. And then my accountability buddy, who was also one of the you know clients that I coached for free, she posted about, I think she posted about it in her stories or maybe on Facebook, I'm not sure. And then my then client saw that. And mm. I think that was also was like, she, she knew my client knew my accountability buddy and my accountability buddy, who was also my free client posted about it. And so there was kind of like that connection and that trust of like, Oh, you know, this person that I know is posting about this coach that she's worked with for free. Like I'm interested, you know, to learn a little bit more. And so she booked the call and, and then signed up. Mm -hmm. I love that. Cause it shows how like giving, like sometimes with new business owners, they're worried that like when they give away free stuff of, giving away too much and 
maybe people won't sign up to work with you if you're giving away all this stuff for free. It shows that. And it also shows the power of just like connecting with other business owners mm-hmm. and that, like what, co- what can come out of collaborations. Yeah. And so funny too. I just recently signed a client who was actually one of the test clients or free clients that I worked with almost three years ago when I first started my coaching business, Oh wow! <laughs> which is like so wild to me because at the time she, she still has uh, a web design business and I, I don't really coach um, service-based entrepreneurs anymore, but she wanted to start her coaching business. And so she booked a call and recently signed up. And it was just wild to me that, you know, three years ago, almost three years ago, you know, we coached together. I offered her free coaching and then Mm -hmm. kind of like full circle moment, she came around and, you know, became a client. That's amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. And then for those nine months where you didn't have a single client, what was it that kept you showing up and what is it that kept you believing in your dream that you had? Yeah. So I think very early on, I decided that this was going to be the thing that I was going to do forever. And so I knew from the very beginning that I was in this for the long game. Mm. And so I think that's what's, that would, that is what really kept me not even holding on, but kept believing that it was still possible to create the results that I wanted and to have the coaching business that I wanted, even if no one was booking a call or, (laughs) you know, maybe nobody was watching, like I still chose to believe that it was possible. And so, you know, I kept showing up and I knew also too, that, you know, there was, there was things for me to learn and things for me, like I needed to grow. There was Mm -hmm. things for me that I, I was working on and I was still growing and I was still learning. And so I just kept focusing on that. I just kept showing up, even though in the beginning, it probably was super awkward. (laughs) I felt super uncomfortable, but I just kept showing up and I just, you know, kept practicing and I just kept going. I I just knew that it would happen. It it wasn't a matter of, and I even think about this now, it's, it's, it's never a matter of if I will get to where I want to be or if I will create Mm -hmm. the results that I want, or if I will achieve my goals, but it's when. And so I just know that I will always keep going. Like the only way that I won't get there or won't create the results that I want or won't achieve my goals is if I stop. And I I just know that I will never stop. Mm -hmm. I think that's a healthy mindset to have, especially now, like we live in a world that is very much about like instant gratification and Uh, I know I've been there too, where I've shown up for a month straight and like nothing happened and I'm like doubting myself and stuff. So it's definitely so important to keep that in mind that it's a long-term game and it's not a matter of if it will happen, but when it will happen. Yeah. And I think choosing to focus on like your own growth and your own journey, like there were many people who started their businesses, whether it was their coaching business or any other business, you know, around the same time as me. And it was hard to see people, you know, quote unquote, passing me or, you know, Mm. further along than me. 
but Mm -hmm. it was, you know, a continual practice to really focus on my journey and where I was and not where anybody else was, because that wasn't my journey that they were on. They are always on everybody else is always on their own journeys. And so it was choosing to focus intentionally every day on my journey, where I was and where I was going. Mm -hmm. I love that. Cause then you can kind of step away from that. Um, what is, what is the word I'm looking for? The like seduction of getting caught into comparing yourself to others. Cause that's, Mm -hmm. that can be like a major block, especially when you're just starting out. And I can relate to you too. I'm in a, I'm in a membership where there's other entrepreneurs, other female entrepreneurs, and there's so many of them that like passed me that have like, like exponentially grown, but I feel like I'm in a place where I can celebrate them now. In the beginning, I definitely Mm -hmm. was like, what am I doing wrong? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And now I'm just like, yay. And you're showing me what's possible. Go you. (laughs) Yeah. I can totally relate to that too. Like in the beginning, it was like, I should be doing that. Or Mm -hmm. why am, why am I not already there yet? But now, you know, I'm in a place where I can really see that anybody who's creating the results that I want or is quote unquote further along, like they're just showing me what's possible. Mm-hmm. They're literally evidence of that. It is possible. Like how cool is that? Yeah. Yeah. And there really is always that like inner work of like things you have to grow on. Like you mentioned, you mentioned like from that time where you didn't have a client for nine months that you realized there were things that you personally had to work on. Would you mind mm-hmm. sharing any of those? Maybe just one probably will be yeah. a long story. So maybe just one of you, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think for me, one of the things early on in my coaching business was my money mindset. That mm. was for me, like I, looking back, I was, I was in a, a lack mindset. And so being in a lack mindset, it's very hard to, you know, put yourself out there in the way that you want to feel confident in who you are and what you have to offer when you constantly feel this sense of lack. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that for me was the biggest kind of like learning and lesson for me was looking at why I felt so, so much lack and like that things were never enough. Mm -hmm. And that, that for me was the the lesson in definitely the first year of my business was looking at the lack and, and it wasn't even, you know, there was a lot of work that I, that I did. And, you know, when you talked about like finding affirmations on YouTube, I remember doing that in the beginning of, you know, the work that I did on my money mindset, but, you know, there was a lot of times that I was looking at affirmations and things. And I was like, I can't believe this. Like, I can't believe it's (laughs) easy to make, you know, a lot of money or, you know, whatever the affirmation was, but yeah, it was definitely, I, I didn't, I learned that I didn't need to jump from I'm feeling lack and, you know, I I need to jump to feeling completely abundant. Like that was, that was never the goal or the intention. And it's even something that I coach on with my clients. Now it's like, you don't need to go from zero to 100. Mm -hmm. It was just going from, okay, here I am. And looking at, this is where I'm starting and okay. What is, how can I get just one step in the direction that I want to go? Or how can I just unlock one thing 
that's helping me go in the direction that I go, that I want to go. It's not Mm -hmm. going from zero to 100 and okay. I feel, you know, a sense of lack right now. Okay. How can I feel abundant in this moment? Cause that was like, that was too big of a jump for me. Mm -hmm. I love all of that, that you said, because it really ties into like being grounded as you grow. And instead of like jumping from one thing to the next, you can kind of like break it up into something that like stretches you out of your comfort zone and then like make it deeper and deeper. It's kind of like in yoga, if you're learning how to touch your toes, maybe at first you can only reach your knees and like you, you, you make like tiny, tiny improvements when you practice every day. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then before you know it, like your palms are on the ground. Yeah. And also like what you mentioned about money mindset and lack mentality, that's, that's also like when we have that lack, it's so hard to feel grounded and it's so hard to feel secure and stable. And then we don't, we're like a tree that doesn't have like roots. So like growing forward in a way that actually aligns with us and that actually like, I feel like when we come from lack mentality, we're more uh, vulnerable to like do all these things and fill our to-do lists mm. with a million things and it keep going on what's next, what's next, what what's next, instead of really getting potent with what we're doing and mm. celebrating like every little win, every little improvement. So mm. I, lo- I love all that. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, when I think about you know, having a lack mentality or a, a lack mindset, like, again, it's not a problem. It's just, yeah. you know, something to, something to work through. But I knew for me, it was something that I needed to address internally. And it was, it was not something that I could work on and get external, you know, like the next client that I signed or the next, you know, couple of dollars that I made in my coaching business. Like it was, that wasn't going to fix the lack mentality that I, that I had at that time. It was something that I needed to, needed to address internally. And then I could create those results externally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it happens over time. It's not just like an overnight thing where you realize like, Oh, I have this mentality. Okay. Let me shift it. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I think a big thing, uh, cause I can relate to you too, with the lack mentality, a big thing that really helped me was having a regular gratitude practice. Mm. I think because with lack, you're looking at what you don't have, but with gratitude, you're shifting your perspective, your sight and your focus on what you do have. And just mm-hmm. like with lack, like when you focus on lack, you notice more and more lack. You're, you're like, I don't have this. I don't have that. And gratitude is the exact same. It's just the opposite side of the coin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just <laughs> recently started um, reading this book called the gap and the gain. I'm not exactly sure who the, I think there's two authors to it. Dan Sullivan might be one Ben Hardy. Maybe is the other one. I'm writing but it anyways, down. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's already, I think I'm I think I've just finished chapter one, but mm-hmm. it's already one of the books that I, I think I'm going to read every year and I'm always going to recommend because the concept that they talk about is exactly this. They talk about the gap and the gain, and they talk about how a lot of times, especially as high achievers or, you know, entrepreneurs, we look at, you know, the gap between where we are and where we want to be 
versus looking at where we started and where we are. And when you're in the gap, that's when you feel the lack. You feel the lack of here's where I am, but here's where I want to be. And why am I not already there yet? But when you look at, and they talk about measuring backwards, where you're measuring where you started and where you are, that gives you the fulfillment of, oh, look, these are all the results and things that I've created so far, not looking at, oh, this is what I still have yet to create. That's so true. Mm -hmm. It's, it's important probably to, to do that regularly. Like I like to, on, on Fridays, I like to have a little, I don't do it every Friday, but I aim to, and I try to, I like to have a little celebration entry in my journal, celebrating like everything that's gotten done, all the little moments I've had so that I am focusing on looking back in a little short window of time. And that really helps give momentum to move forward. Yeah. I even ask one of the questions that I ask. The only question that I ask at the start of every coaching session with my clients is for them to tell me one thing that is working. Mm. And it's a practice that I've taken on and has really changed my perspective in, you know, choosing to focus on what is working versus what's not working. And it then, you know, lends to my clients as well, that they can also focus on what is working. And they'll, they'll say many times, you know, I've, I've thought about what I was going to say to you when we got on our call today of what is working. So I know it's like, you know, turning the wheels in their mind where they're starting to focus on what is working, what are they celebrating versus, you know, what's not working. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's such a positive way to start out a uh, session. Yeah. I love it. And also when you focus on what's working, I feel like that can really much, that can really tie into like self-love and what it is that makes you feel good, what it is that's bringing positive energy into Mm -hmm. your business, into your mindset, into your emotions and all of that stuff. And uh, since I love to talk about self-love on the internet, I would love to know like how your own relationship with yourself and how your like the things you do for self-love or how you even feel about yourself how much that's shifted just because you're an entrepreneur, because I feel like as an entrepreneur, we're called to up-level that. Otherwise mm. this whole thing, it won't work in a way where it feels good. Yeah. So I'd love to hear that. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. I really feel like, you know, I think back to what it, it would have been 2018, I guess that I was living in Hong Kong about mm-hmm. to you know, graduate. I then booked my one-way ticket to Bali, but before that, and now I like, I feel like a completely different person. Like I almost can't even recognize who I was mm. like before 2018. And, you know, the, the many years that I was modeling and traveling and living abroad, like, I just feel so completely different. Like, I feel like a completely different person now. And, you know, that's been a, a journey and it's a ongoing journey. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I think about the way that I internally talk to myself and the practices and the boundaries that I have in my life and, you know, all the things that are a part of my life now and the practices that I have now were very different than they were a couple of years ago, especially working in the uh, modeling industry. I, Mm -hmm. you know, put myself down a lot. I was always comparing, always comparing myself. And so 
I've been on a huge self-love journey in the past couple of years. And I think it's kind of, you know, I think that's what starting a business and being an entrepreneur, it's kind of one of the things that you don't even really expect to kind of work on or to kind of be on that journey. But I think starting a business, being an entrepreneur, it brings up a lot of things for you to look at that have that aspect of giving yourself, you know, self-love. And, you know, one of the practices that I have today, and I'm always thinking about is, and and it comes from that aspect of self-love, but, you know, having my own back always, Mm, I love that. like there's nobody else out there that can have my back besides me. Like, of course my partner does, Mm -hmm. of course, my family, my friends, they have my back, but it's so different to choose to have your own back, to practice having your own back through everything, not just the, you know, not just the good and the things that you're celebrating, Mm -hmm. but also those times where, you know, it's hard, it feels uncomfortable and having your own back then. Yeah. I love that. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. I'm losing my voice. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I love that because your own relationship with yourself, I feel like really sets the tone for other people's relationships. So like you said, of course, my family has my back. Of course, my friends have my back. But when you can do that, you kind of like teach others how to also do that for you. Even mm-hmm. if they're already doing it, they'll see you and your own example of how you treat yourself and the way they have your back can deepen even more. Yeah. I think also one of the practices and the things that I've been working on the last couple of years, it's really interesting because I was talking to one of my friends who I used to live with back in Hong Kong and we've been friends for many years, Mm -hmm. but I was telling her how, you know, in the past couple of years, I've been practicing communicating my needs Mm -hmm. and communicating my wants and communicating my boundaries where you know, a couple of years ago, like that felt so uncomfortable to me, like so uncomfortable. I I most often wouldn't. And that's why, you know, in Hong Kong, I was always on the go. I was, you know, anytime someone would say, do you want to go to dinner? Do you want to do this? Even if I didn't want to, it was like, sure. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) You can fit that in. (laughs) Yeah. But now it's been, you know, I, I will tell my partner, I'm like, I need like 30 minutes or I need an hour where like, please just leave me alone for a little bit. Like I need time to myself. I want to just journal or read like uninterrupted. Mm -hmm. And that's been hard (laughs) in the past couple of years to just communicate that and and really just say, this is what I need. And, and this is what I want. Like, please respect this because I always do. And, you know, people ask that from, you know, of me, if they ask, can you do this or, you know, whatever it is, I'm always so willing to help or, give someone else whatever they need, but then it was really turning it on the other side of, okay, Mm -hmm. this is what I need. And I need to be able to communicate that for myself. Mm -hmm. And that's such a big journey to go on. I think, especially as women, like we're, we're kind of conditioned to not express our wants, our needs and our desires. Like if we do Mm -hmm. it, then we're like bad or we're selfish or something. So I congratulate you for going through that. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I've yeah. done I've done that kind of work myself too, and it's definitely still a process. Especially for me, the biggest one is uh, boundaries. Hmm. Biggest one is boundaries, yeah. and like yeah, the weirdly enough, the pandemic, like making my whole schedule 
zero <laughs> overnight. It was like <laughs> such a, uh, it like saved me from burnout because I just had way too many commitments on my schedule. <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting too. One of the things that I'm, I coach on with my clients is boundaries. And one of the things that I'm always telling them is, you know, we don't have to think about boundaries as this like bad thing or like we're putting mm-hmm. up this wall, but you know, the concept that I teach with my clients is like loving boundaries, like choosing to see them as like the most loving and selfless thing that you can do is to not only create and have boundaries, but to implement them and, and communicate them and, you know, stick with them and not kind of go back on, you know, your boundaries and the things that you say are important and that you want it's having them, but also implementing and communicating them. Yeah. So true. Cause boundaries are self-love and it goes back to what you said earlier mm-hmm. about having your own back. Mm-hmm. That's how you do it. Like if, if you voice your needs, voice your wants, voice your desires and like set the boundary, but not just set it and like, wait for people to trample on it. You have to like fiercely protect them of yeah. course with love. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I would love to know. So let's get into our little rapid fire questions, and then we'll talk about how to find out more about you and how people can work with you. Perfect. Okay. So first question, what does self-love mean to you? Self-love means to me to honor and love yourself and have your own back always. Yeah. <laughs> uh, finish this phrase. I love this one. The weight of my heart is, (laughs) Oh, I'm going to go with the first thing that came to my mind and it's food. (laughs) I love that. These, this, this one phrase, like always has the most fun answers. Uh, when do you feel the most alive? Traveling, traveling. Nice. Yeah. And what is your favorite part about being a woman? Ooh, favorite part about being a woman. This answer has probably changed a lot in the last couple of years, but I think now my favorite part of being a woman, especially now today is doing things unconventionally and breaking the glass ceiling. Mm. Cause I think a lot of times, you know, we have examples of like what it is to be a woman that have been a little bit outdated but now I think being a woman has changed so much and, you know, we're seeing women be breadwinners and, you know, be CEOs of, you know, massive companies. And I don't know, I think it's just so incredible to be a woman today. And I just love being a part of that. Yeah, me too. We're so lucky. Mm, I know we're so, so lucky. Thank you so much for taking this time and let's tell our listeners how they can find out more about you, where they can follow you and how they can work with you. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was so fun to chat about all things. So if you want to come along for the journey, you can find me over at Instagram at Lauren Tamayo. And I also have there, you can click the link in my bio for the program that I offer. I offer one-on-one six months coaching for coaches who wanting to sign their first or next paying client. And my program is called the embodied coach.
Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Openly Spoken. I know that there's an abundance of content online, so I really appreciate you giving me your ears today. If this episode shifted something for you, please share this with a friend and slash or write us a podcast review if you're listening to this on iTunes so that more people can find this. If anything shifted for you from this episode that you want to have a conversation about, I would love to hear from you. Just send me a DM over on Instagram at selfexpressedbabe, and that is in the show notes. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.